Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Final part of my simulcast with Jacob Burris, Sports Card Second, young 13-year-old savvy hobbyist that I enjoyed uh, getting to know. We went over our 15-minute allotment for my show, but he carried on, and you can check out his podcast. But thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's the other part of my very pleasant conversation with Jacob Burris. And I look forward to meeting Jacob at, at an upcoming show. And uh, he's an up-and-comer himself. So thanks, everybody. Here's the conversation. Are you strictly audio in your podcast? And if so, um, why? Or do you post stuff to YouTube? So right now, I am strictly audio, yes. But YouTube is in the works. I'm working on a YouTube channel right now. I realized more kids obviously watch YouTube than listen to podcasts. So I feel like I'll be able to reach out to them more through YouTube. So that's why that is something coming up in the near future. I think that's wise. I think yes. that's why, because I think you're exactly right. It's big kids and little kids who want to be on YouTube <laughs> because even if they don't look at it, they could look at it. They don't have to. They could listen. Okay. This one is strictly from a trading or buying standpoint or just the look of the cards, however you like it. But would you rather 1952 tops or 1909 T206? 52 tops for sure. I, mean, I love the teat cards, but the 52s would be my set. I like the design. When I was buying collections, if they had some 52 tops cards, you knew you had something good. <laughs> In fact, one of the cards that's on the wall is an Eddie Matthews that's 52 tops. He's yep. the last card in the set, 407. And when I was buying a collection in Hawaii, actually, and the guy lived not on a different island, but he lived on the other side of the island. And my parents were living there. I didn't add in the paper and he, he called and he said, I got some cards. He said, if I live over here, I said, well, that's really far away. I don't know if I could make it that far. What do you have? He said, well, I got some cards from in the 50s and 60s. And I said, I don't know, maybe. This is 45 years ago. This is like 1974 or something like that. And so I said, well, who are some players that you have? And he said, I've got Ted Williams. Sounds good. Eddie Matthews. And so I said, Eddie Matthews, what's the number on the back of the card? And he said, 407. And I said, just stay where you are. I'll be there in 45 minutes. Oh, gosh. That's funny. We had a collection. And so those were the 52 tops high numbers. So that's, yeah, that's, that's on the that card, that's cards on the wall. But 52 tops for sure. I think I have a, a bias toward things that were in the magazine. Yeah. You know, that were, we were tracking monthly. And there's a lot more activity of 52 tops than T206s. I never had a Wagner, but I've had Mickey Mantles before, 52 mm -hmm. tops. So. That was an impossible card. It was really hard to get in great shape. I have some T206s, but I don't. And, and there's some on the wall. Something I do enjoy because it's easy to get is junk wax. I love Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey Jr. I love those guys. I'm a huge Ken Griffey Jr. collector. I'm working on all of his rookie cards right now. I'm about to send his 89 upper deck off to get graded. But that's the yeah, big yeah, that's the big one. Yep. But yeah, I feel the junk wax era to now is where I am. I do have a couple decent vintage cards, but. You know, Not very much. People should collect what they like. And yeah. the, the junk wax, when it's wax, it's still exciting to get a pack of 88 Donruss. Or 80, <laughs> yeah. 89 for you probably. You have a chance to get a stuff yeah. like that. But still, it's a card is a card. You yeah. know, there's good cards and there's great cards. And there's even cards that are overproduced. They're still beautiful cards. Mm -hmm. And some yeah. of them grade out and, and, and are turn out to be pretty pricey. Actually. Yeah. 
Especially, with, also, there's like the air cards and stuff to chase, like <clears throat> Billy Ripken. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Ripken. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that was, you could, so there's lots of stuff you can get yeah. in some of those, those packs. All right. So what is the most valuable card in your wall, money wise? And what is the most valuable card to you? Well, I'm not allowed to answer the most valuable money card. My wife says that you can't say that. But let me just say this there can be a $5 card next to a $50 card, next to a $500 card, next to a $5,000 card. Now, if you're not a collector, you don't even know which one is which. Exactly. But collectors know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I <still laughs> have a Jackie Robinson leaf rookie yep. card that John Newman spotted out of the corner yeah. of the eye. So that's one of the, the more valuable ones. But the more valuable cards I keep at the bank. So this isn't my absolute best stuff, but my, yep. my really expensive stuff I keep there. But this is still stuff to show people. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Yep. The most valuable card that I have or the one that I enjoy the most? Or Yeah, both of those, actually. Yeah. I found out 10 years ago. It wasn't like I found out yesterday. I had some exhibit cards from the 20s. And I was looking through them a number of years ago. And I realized, oh, my goodness, this is a Lou Gehrig rookie card. And I had it just sitting there along with some others. Because back 40 years ago when I got them, there wasn't a premium for, hey, this is Lou Gehrig's rookie card. Yeah. From 1925. So that was cool to see. Another cool factor is cards that I probably will not sell if I can help it, obviously, yeah. until I die or something. But the Babe Ruth cards on my wall used to be my dad's. Oh, wow. So that's cool. So that's sentimentally valuable to me as well. Yeah. I think that's part of the fun of the hobby is if you remember where you got it. or mm-hmm. And so the value, even though I'm a price guide guy, I don't try to emphasize the value too much. But that's what a lot of people ask about. And that's why on my wall, I'm, I'm sprinkling in some cards that are not as valuable. Mm-hmm. If people don't know, I don't want them to say, hey, let me go to the most valuable card. I'm saying, just look at the card, see what you like. If you want to see some more stuff like that. And some people say, oh, you got some the older basketball or older football or newer basketball or newer or wrestling. I had a, a second cousin that came over just freaked out when he saw there were wrestling cards. You got a Hulk Hogan rookie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He just he couldn't look at any other card once he saw that. I said, look, there's another 999 cards on the wall. This, I just want to look at this. That's okay. And now it is more valuable. Yeah. Because more people are interested in that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The non-major sport cards are becoming major sport cards. Have caught on. Have really caught on. So. Yeah. Especially something like I never understood. Why is soccer never? That's just something I feel should have always been extremely popular, but it is now. It's coming now. Yeah. It is now. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff from really the Pele cards from the late fifties, they just weren't a big deal back a long time ago. So I, I probably could have bought them, but we weren't doing price guides for them. And uh, it's not that they weren't rare, but they weren't plentiful either. Mm-hmm. And so you just think, well, I could I'll get that some other time. I'm too busy looking for baseball. I was mainly baseball like you, and I, but I do all the sports now. Mm-hmm. Football, I do a lot of football now. Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Have fun with that. Uh, what is your perspective? Because I'm not at the end of my life, but I'm older and you're not at the very beginning of your life, but you're younger. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if younger people look at collecting versus investing different. Because for me, if I bought a card now, it can't be a long-term investment because 
I'm not a long-term guy. It's a <laughs> short term, short time to go, but I'm not interested in how it's going to do. But you could buy something now and you could have it for 50 years. And so does that affect you to think, I want to buy stuff? Am I mainly a collector? I'm mainly investor. Do I want to buy something that I think is going to be worth more in 50 years? I don't have 50 years. But yeah. what is your perspective on investing versus collecting as a 13? So honestly, I'm a way bigger collector than investor. Of course, if I have a certain rookie card or a rare card, if it's worth something and it's not a player I care about, if it's not a Cincinnati Red, like I just have recently sold off Wander Franco cards and some Boba mm-hmm. cards. If I don't necessarily care about the player, I'm, I'm more of a collector. So if I don't care about the player as much as the value, I'd say I've, I'm more of a collector than investor. I think every parent that's listening to this is thinking, good answer, Jacob, (laughs) (laughs) because at 13, it's it's a cold, cruel world, but just to enjoy the hobby. And some of the things you get might go up in value and some might not, but just to enjoy it. And if you've got to focus on Griffey and Reds and uh, a few other players, that'll be fun for you. That'll be fun. (laughs) Yep. Griffey is pretty hard to go wrong with Ken Griffey Jr. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard to go wrong. It's hard to go wrong with a guy that hit 600 home runs over his career. He's a real deal. Real deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Jacob Burris, for uh, Sports Cards Second. Yes, Sports Cards Second. That is correct. The second of time or the second as opposed to first? <laughs> the second of time. Because if you had to look at my show, it's usually 10 to 30 minutes. So generally sports, shorter than most shows. The Sports Card Minute was taken. Yes, that is true. Now you're card second. Okay. Mike Summer. <laughs> yeah. He's another one of my favorites. So yeah. If you haven't had him on, you really need to have him. I need to. Yeah, I'm working He's on him. very helpful. He's very helpful. He's got a great podcast, too. Yes, he does. That was actually one of the original podcasts that I started listening to. Eric Norton, obviously, the podfather. Exactly. Um, one of my buddies. I know. Sports Card Nation. Dr. Beckett's Sports Card Insights. Waxback Hero. And let's see. Packed yeah, that's a packed to the future. Um, those guys are good too. Yeah, they are. They're, they're funny, dude. I don't see it as competition funny. for you or me. I think it's just they're out there doing good stuff. If you do a good episode that people like, they can just share it. And, exactly. And if and you're the same way as me, you, every episode is a little bit different. So some people are going to like some of them more than others. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, I view other sports card podcasts as friends. I've had Pack to the Future on, you obviously, John Newman, Brody the Kid, like, all of them, they're not competition. Hobby Hotline, all of you guys are on there. We've done a content creator podcaster dinner here, but <laughs> I think you're too far away unless you come. Yeah, but, yeah Dallas show we, maybe. We did a little bit of that at the National. We had a smaller dinner where uh, <laughs> John Newman was there and Drew Herndon and Jeremy Lee. If you've been on Sports Cards Live, but he's good too. Yeah. And Rich Klein, Bobby Hotline guys. Well, thanks, Jacob. I appreciate you taking some time out on a, your your busy day. Yeah. I've got school. I've got uh, podcasting duties <laughs> and a lot of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being able to do that. This yeah. is super awesome. This is basically the pinnacle. <laughs> well, I, mean, I know about that because you've got a lot of pinnacles to come. That's true. <laughs> Hopefully this will be a good experience for you in your 13 yeah. year, and then you'll do something even cooler when you're 14 and 15 and 16 yeah. and 18. And just yeah. keep going. Life builds on itself. So that's true. You know, at 13, I probably was slowing down and barely collecting at 13. You know, 12 was a, was a huge year. 13 was a kind of a drop off and 14 and 15. Then I started picking up again after a while. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm, for I'm me, I'm speeding up. I'm just going like this. Well, that's good. But I, and that's good. It was just, I moved a lot. And so yep. if you'd move and then you'd have a new set of friends. And if they didn't collect, then you could go by the flow. So, yep. Anyway, Jacob, thank you. And thank I'll you. Look forward to thank seeing you, too. You.